Okay, this is episode five, and we're talking confidence, positive self-talk, and taking action. Confidence isn't something you just have. It is something you create. I'm going to do a terrific show today because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. All right, this is The Real Deal. I'm Sarah Riley. I'm a wife, a mom of three girls, and a successful businesswoman. And I've been keeping it real since 1982. I'm not a self-made millionaire. Well, not yet anyways. I'm not famous, just a regular girl with big goals and a lot of drive. I'm extremely competitive, but mostly with myself. Okay, and my husband. Everybody, (laughs) I'm competitive with everybody, but I don't have to be the best, just the best version of me. This is the show where we keep it real on business, real estate, parenting, health, marriage, all the things. Nothing is taboo. This is real talk, real life, the real deal. All right, so this segment today, we're going to be talking about confidence. And um, it's been on my mind There's with my daughters, you know, raising three girls and um, and also lately taking, I don't know, stepping out and doing things that are put, making me a little, I'm not 100% secure in all the things mm-hmm. I'm doing. I'm definitely a little nervous. Uh, but I hear all the time, like, you're so confident. Yeah. All the time. And not just now, but even young as a child and um, a young adult, people are always, that was like one of the things, well, you're so confident. Yeah. So truth, I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I am. I honestly can say that now I feel confident in who I am and in, in aspects of my life, but I'm definitely not confident in all the things that I do. And as a young adult and child, I was really insecure, but I didn't let anyone know that. I just, you know, I don't know that whole fake it till you make it. Mm-hmm. I just thought. If I act confident, then people will think I'm confident. And there's some truth to that, because, but you have to have the ability in you to be something. You're not really faking it. Like, if you that saying, like, fake it till you make it, yeah. right? You might be, you know, putting yourself out there before you you actually have obtained it, but you're not, you have the ability to be whatever you're faking, <laughs> right? So, because you're going to make it, right, eventually. So, I grew up, you know, not being a small person. I'm not a small person now. And that's really hard as a child. Like I was tall, I was curvy and I had really big feet and I still have all those things. (laughs) It doesn't change. But when you're young, you know, adolescence, you're like the first one to, you know, get boobs. That's not cool actually. Uh, Now boobs are great, but then (laughs) not so much. And so uh, as a kid, I really struggled with finding, like, my identity because a lot of the girls were, you know, everybody was really small and petite, and, and I was the abnormal. I, I wasn't the norm. And so I just decided rather than trying to become something that I was never going to be, um, and I just decided I'm going to rock me, and I'm going to be different than all of them. I'm going to, like, play a game they don't even know we're playing yet. Mm-hmm. And so I just became the strong one, strong in like a lot of aspects, strong emotionally, strong physically. And so I was competing on a different level and there was no competition really, at least, at, you know, um, at my school. Now there probably is way more because so many girls are strong and stepping out and, you know, being themselves. But then it was just like you want to be little. <laughs> Everybody wanted to be little. And uh, I, to this day, have really bad posture because I was always scrunching down to be small, 
to like be smaller because that's what you were supposed to be. Um, so I just started at a really young age being the girl that was stronger than all the other girls. I hung out with the guys. I played sports. I mean, a lot of my friends played sports, but I played sports with the guys. I played basketball at recess with the boys. And um, I was just different than them. And no, there was no competition, right? Yeah. And so that sort of defined who I was going forward. I mean, now I have confidence in the way I look for sure. But, um, but then I didn't. And so I just decided to be the strongest one. So I did so many things throughout my childhood to just show like how tough I was. That was like what I defined myself on was being tough. Mm. Right. And so I'm pretty tough now. Yeah, you are. <laughs> it never went away. No, I don't think Yeah, I had a complex too like that. But for being small, because I was so small. So I did the same thing you did. But because I was little. really little. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't want people to tell me I couldn't do things. Well, I love that. That's yeah. just because you want to go out and, you know, prove I'm wrong. Right. Right. I love that. I um, I just decided, you know, that I was going to be tough because that's what I had. And so throughout my childhood, I did all these things to show how tough I was. And it grew my confidence because it's like your belief system. If you say, I am tough, I am strong, and then you go out and take action, then you actually become tough and strong and your belief system continues to grow and so your confidence continues to grow most girls from the ages 12 to 18 really struggle with insecurities I mean we still struggle oh, as sure. women right yes but um, 12 to 18 is a pretty hard time and everyone I knew was struggling with being insecure so I thought you know what I'm just going to be the secure one I'm not going to be insecure I'm going to be confident and that way I'm not even like competing with my friends I'm just standing out here being me and it was hard at first, but the truth is, um, eventually, I wasn't pretending to be confident anymore. Mm. It's just who I was. The ironic thing is, if you like, if I look when I look back at myself at sixteen, seventeen, when I was trying to be like this secure, tough girl that could do anything. Who cares what I, if I'm not small or whatever? I looked amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I had that body. Uh, don't yeah. we all? Oh. oh my gosh, man! Uh, what were we telling ourselves? I don't know. Uh, but I played rugby through high school, and I was all American at my position, and that made me confident. You know, um, I was confident in my abilities that I could control. I ran for a DECA president, which I won, and. No surprise that, like, DECA was my best subject. That's a business class. <laughs> I was getting through school, like, by the skin of my teeth, but I was DECA president. And that grew my confidence. It was something I wanted, and I worked really hard for it, and then I impressed myself. Right. Right? So I think that's how we gain confidence, though, is we do the things that are scary that we think maybe in the back of our head we can't do, and then we do it, and then we're like, oh, my God, I actually can do this. Right. Yeah. Because when you take action, then it changes your belief system. But you do have to have the belief there initially. Right. You have to know that this is something that I'm capable of. Then you take an action and then it starts to build. Right. Confidence is a really funny thing, I think, because we put so much weight on how we look rather than how hard we work, how much we sacrifice, how giving we are, how much we impact others lives. Right. Mm. We feeling confident in yourself, especially as women, is weighted so much in our appearance. Right. Unfortunately. <laughs> but I think, okay, this isn't factual. This is just my feelings. <laughs> I just want to preface it that I didn't research or Google oh. this. But I feel like 
Um, the reason part of that is is because it's just ingrained in us, like our animal nature. Right. If you go back like thousands of years as women, you know, we were supposed to um, attract a husband or a man mm-hmm. and bear children, right, reproduce. And men were supposed to protect us and hunt and gather food and feed us, right? Mm. And so it's somewhere ingrained in us that we have to look good for the opposite sex. Right. To reproduce and survive. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> so, and men, I mean, I think men struggle a little bit with appearance, but not nearly to our degree. I'm telling you right now, Randy could be, we're not our felt selves right now. He is one stud muffin. And it doesn't matter. That man looks in the mirror every day and he's like, damn, you're good looking. Don't you ever die. Like that, he, <laughs> men have this confidence in them. They could be 50 pounds heavy or not, but it doesn't necessarily diminish their confidence the way it does for a woman. Mm-hmm. Right? So we're comparing ourselves to all these people, like social media, just the media in general, it's getting out of control, right? And so we're comparing ourselves rather than comparing to our own self. Mm. So this is factual. Anthropology proves that like we were supposed to live in groups of like a hundred, right? Mm-hmm. So that there's always the best of best person at one thing, like the best runner, um, the artist, the baker. I'm just throwing out <laughs> I'm throwing out Sesame Street. I don't know how the right reference goes. They all everybody was good at the something. The candlestick right? maker. Yes. <laughs> all the things. And so you were the best at something. And so you were a confident person because you were the best. But if you're comparing yourself to all these people out there, millions of Mm. people, right? You're the best at nothing. There's always somebody better than you, which is great for striving and pushing and whatever. But if you're lacking confidence, it's, it can be really hard, right? Truth. Self-esteem is the global evaluation of self-worth. To have a high self-esteem is to be above average. So to be average is like an insult, right? Mm-hmm. If someone said, hey, your, your uh, podcast is like average, like, <laughs> uh. <laughs> hurtful, right? You have to be above average, which is causing this epidemic in our culture of narcissism, that you have to be better than others to feel good about yourself, mm-hmm. which is contributing to this whole social media issue and what I'm saying about, you know, we're not supposed to be better than millions of people, right? Mm-hmm. And so what can we do, though, to have self-confidence and have self-worth and self-esteem without comparing ourselves to others, right? Because if you're looking to others to feel good about you, you're, like, never going to feel good, especially if you're comparing yourselves. Our self-esteem is contingent, like, on success. So if we don't succeed, then we're failures and mm-hmm. we have no confidence. Yeah, but what defines success? Right. Right. And what is success to you? Mm-hmm. Because if you're building your confidence on the actions that you're taking and the things that you're doing to build success within you, right, you should be confident in that rather than measuring your success to other people's success. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be somebody better. Always. Right. So, I mean, when you're going back to like how to like appearances and how we look, especially as women, um, because that's the number one thing that women invest their self-worth on is their appearance. Yep. So sad. And their attractiveness. And um, if we can't be average, if average is, you know, negative, then wow. We're never going to win. No. Mm-mm. The bar is so high. It's been proven that children have good self-esteem until about third grade. Oof. Right? That's like where our kiddos are at. Yours are yeah. past. Mine's there. One, one's almost there. Right. 
And then after that, their self-esteem takes a nosedive. That's so sad. And when you think back about your childhood, like when I was writing the show and reminiscing, being very honest about how I struggled, you know, being curvy and tall and had big feet. And Mm. it was like third grade. You know how kids go through the when they're in a growth spurt, they get a little bit chubby and then they grow tall and they get a little bit chubby. You know, you're like, oh, you're about to grow because I can (laughs) get a little like one ounce of fat on you. I'm still chubby. I need to grow again. Uh, (laughs) Ditto. Mm -hmm. Then I'd be like 6'2", though, and I don't know. Randy would like that so much. We, we, (laughs) We call it fluffy. Fluffy. We don't call it anything, no. right? We're just like, you know, yeah. the pain will be like, Mom, I'm like, oh, you're growing, girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to no, be so tall. We, don't, we just say it fluffy to ourselves. Oh, to no. ourselves. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah, yeah. We no. don't call it, yeah. Mm-mm. So, uh, but like, I remember for me, you know, because uh, I grew, I was really tall. So, and now I'm a- I'm average. I'm 5'8". It's average, right? No. No. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, well, a little bit above average height. <laughs> but. Uh, what is it, Benny? Benny, average height for a woman. Average height for a woman? Uh-huh. This day and age? Uh-huh. I'm going to go 5'9". What? <laughs> thanks, Benny. No, I think it's like 5'4". All right, I'm going to look it up. Okay, okay, thanks. Google, do your work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're fact-checking here on, you know, the real deal. we got to keep it real. Uh, <laughs> but I remember specifically uh, that my parents bought me, and I'm sure it was well-intentioned, they bought me this book for oh, Christmas. I was way off. What was it? 5'4". <laughs> Carly, how tall I are you? I thought it was taller. I'm five one and three quarters. So she's w- that much closer to a, f- a five four party. Wow. Oops. Yeah, right. This yeah. is why if you ever see it, Carly and I and we look like we're the similar height, is because I'm in bare feet for sure, and her hair is really poofy, like four inch heels on. Yeah. Oh, and that five nine is the average for the male. Oh, from that's because okay. I only think about. See, myself. I'm like an, I'm like a, just a little below average male. <laughs> <laughs> Probably way above average weight. <laughs> so, but I, my parents bought me this book, Thin for Life for Christmas, and I'm sure they don't remember it, buying it for me. And I thought mm-hmm. that they surely had good intentions, just helping me be healthy. But I played tons of sports and I was active. But that, like, was the beginning of me realizing that I wasn't thin. Mm-hmm. And that everyone has that moment in their lives as a kid. Yeah. That where you're like, okay, and it's hard. And I think social media brings it to attention so much sooner. Yes. Of protecting our kiddos from that, yep. right? So combating that by building confidence with things that you can control. Because I can't control that God made me a curvy woman. Like, I can be a thinner <laughs> version of myself, but I will never be skinny. That's not me. No. I don't want it, and I ain't it. But uh, there are other things that I can control. I can control being strong, sure. right? I can control, uh, you know, being the All-American in my position at rugby, right? I can control working hard in my business or being Mm -hmm. a good mom or, you know, other things I can control. And that's what we should be building our confidence on. Sure. Yes, of course. So I have this story about Pepe, my eight, my nine year old. And uh, she, uh, she played basketball this year. Well, she's her second year playing and we play her up because her friends are older. (laughs) So we've always played her up one year in every sport, but, uh, it, it's worked out great for her. She's stuck with the same coach and the same kids and soccer and baseball and all the things. And she's naturally super athletic. So um, she's still like one of the best kids on the team, even being the youngest. Well, basketball season rolled around. It's her second year playing and there was no team for her to be on. I'm just tell you right now, my mom failed it hardcore. I didn't sign her out fast enough. And there was no team. She was on the wait list. She would have been devastated. Mm. So um, I used my negotiation skills 
to <laughs> convince parents. <laughs> You're so good at that. Of our friends, peer pressure, hardcore, <laughs> to uh, create a team. Mm-hmm. And so they did, um, which was a mix of our girls uh, who are in fourth grade, except for Peyton's only in third grade. And then the uh, that was four of them. And then six players on the team are in uh, sixth grade. Ooh. Sixth grade. Sixth grade. She was playing on a fifth, sixth grade team in third grade. I did not tell her because Peyton, she would have had some negative self-talk. Mm-hmm. So I didn't tell her. After the first practice, she came to me and said, Mom, why are the girls so tall? They're 12 years old. And I said, Peyton, this was the only way I could get you to on a team was for you to play with these fifth, sixth graders. And she was like, they're so tall because <laughs> she's in third grade. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, babe, it's either that or don't play. So um, I go, why don't you just steal the ball? Because that's what you do. She's like the ball thief. So, I mean, I'm a little proud that she got fouled out of multiple basketball games because <laughs> she steals the ball so much. She does not lack aggressiveness. I have no idea where she gets that from. Mm. So, can't imagine. Can't Mm-mm. imagine. Mm-mm. Can't imagine. And so she was like, I mean, she's tearing up. I was feeling pretty bad, but this is a moment that I thought, okay, I'm just going to pour into her and see what happens. Yeah. And so I did, and I told her, I said, Peyton, listen, no matter what, even if you are the worst person on this team, you're going to feel so much better next year because you played up on this team and you held your own and you learned so much and you were challenged. Best case scenario, you steal the ball from a 12-year-old, and then how good are you going to (laughs) feel? And she was like, yeah, you're right. I am going to feel good. And you know what she did? She stole the dang ball a lot, a lot. She was like MVP of one of their last games. She stole the ball so much, breakaway score. She's like a rebound queen. You see these girls up there with their tall, long arms, and little Peyton's like jumping. She's tall for a third grader, but not for a 12-year-old. So So proud of you, Peyton. Oh, we're so proud. And we're standing there at the end of the season. The coach is giving a speech, and he's talking about all the kids and their strengths. And um, and then he said to to Peyton, he's like, and Peyton, come up here, my third grader. And everybody gasped. No one even knew she was in third grade. The other girls on the team were like, oh, my gosh, she's better than me. (laughs) (laughs) But the truth is, like, I couldn't give her the kind of confidence that she got from doing that. Yeah. Her swagger was off the charts (laughs) after that basketball season. And she feels like she can, you know, accomplish so much in sports now and in other things because she's like, I put myself out there. I work really hard. I did my best. And I prevailed. Yes. Right? It's about taking action. Confidence will follow, right? And that's how I've always lived my life. I just, you know, if I fall on my face, well, guess what? I learned something and I'm okay because I went out and did it and I did my best. And there's confidence in knowing like, okay, I learned something and now I'm going to be better next time. I'm going to be a better version next time, right? But what I'm not okay with is not trying. Because once you do it, the confidence you know, comes there as a result of your action. It has a lot to do with your belief system and, you know, knowing that you you can accomplish it. So I have a belief system that if I can imagine it, I can achieve it. And if I'm committed to it, then I'll find out a way to make it happen. And so I have that already, mm. which I hope you have. I mean, a lot of it has to start with your belief, what you believe, and then from there taking action to making it happen because once I've decided, oh, this is, there is a dream out there I've dreamt, like this podcast. Am I insecure about this all the time? Yeah. Okay. Six months ago, I decided I'm going to become a podcast star, a radio star, and I'm going to, um, 
you know, have a lifestyle website versus I'm doing something completely different that nobody in my industry does. I do. My job is to do loans. I'm a mortgage lender. So doing what I'm doing um, and putting myself out there the way I am is super scary. And I'm insecure about it a lot. But I dreamt this idea and I can't take my dream back. Mm -mm. Once I put it out there, like I know it's possible. I've got to try. Whether I fall down or not, I have to try because I dreamt it. And so now I'm going to go see if I can make it happen. And you will. And you are. Look at this. Well, we'll see if anyone's Mm. listening. (laughs) (laughs) But the truth is, is then the next step is that you take action, right? Forbes.com says that confidence is the outcome of the thoughts we think and the actions we take. Mm. It's a combination of both, right? So what is the excuse that you're telling yourself to opt out of the life you really want? Like, what actions are you not taking in your life because you're afraid? Because you're not all the way there yet. You know, like, when I started this, I I had no idea how it was going to come to be. I still don't. It's always improving and changing. Yeah. Right? All the time. But I just knew it was something I wanted. And I was committed to figuring out how to make it happen. And I believe that I'm pretty great. It's like kind of a little bit. You have to have some beliefs that you're confident in something about you. Right. Right. And then I just started taking actions. There's no perfect time because no. if there were, we, I mean, you'll just be waiting forever. Right. And to be honest, like this show had a really rocky start. I was supposed to start this months ago, but then mm-hmm. I got this huge cyst on my vocal cord and I could not even talk, let alone record an episode. And so that was a little discouraging. But you kept pushing through. And I just kept trying. I just kept taking action on what I could do mm-hmm. until it came to fruition. And that's the biggest thing is just starting, right? Visualizing is also super important to confidence, right? I have the opposite of what's that um, body image um, dysmorphia? I don't know. What's the word? of what are you, I don't know. Okay, you know when, you, when you're really, really smoking hot? Okay. Yeah. And you don't think you're smoking hot. Right. Is that called body dysmorphia? Oh, you're right. It is? Yep. Woo! So we. It's BDD. Oh. Body dysmorphic disorder. Okay. Body dysmorphic disorder. I have the opposite of that where I'm not smoking hot, but when I walk by a mirror and I'm like, oh, that's a bad mirror. That's not me. That's not real. <laughs> I'm the opposite because I tell myself good things, right? I have this body image of what I look like, which is a little bit skewed, and it's probably my the best version of me. It's like when you wake up in the morning and you tell yourself, wow, I'm beautiful, um, I'm strong, I look great, I love the, my outfit, whatever you, ha- whatever you tell yourself to feel good in the morning, I do that. If I catch an image of myself that I don't like in my mirror, I'm like, I just like push that thought out. I shut it down. I just shut it right down. I keep moving <laughs> on because- you know, you can go back in life and think about all the things that you've done in your life that you've overcome and succeeded. And if we focused and we like really controlled our memories, how much more confident would you feel? Right. OK. Talking about body like my body, ain't the its best version right now. I'm, it will be again, but it's not right this minute. But rather than talking about what it's not, I tell myself all the things that it is. It birthed three babies mm-hmm. naturally, like no drugs which that's BA, okay, and I'm proud of that. And what else have I done? I mean, growing humans aside, like, that's pretty much, like, the biggest miracle your body can do. So sorry, guys, but (laughs) it's pretty awesome. And uh, there's other things, you know, in sports or 
whatever it is, you know, in business, there's things that we've done. If you look back and you focus on, you know, what you overcame to become where you are or what you accomplished and we focus on those things, it'll build the confidence for the next thing that you want to do, right? So it's, you know, not just body image, but in anything we do, it's about visualizing where you want to be and knowing that you can be there and then just start taking the action to do it. Well, we tend to forget all the good things that we've done. Right. That's human nature. It is human nature. Mm-hmm. That's why you got to have memory mindfulness. Oh, I just oh. made that up. <laughs> Way to remember that. <laughs> Benny, everything you do now, you once weren't good at. So why wait to be confident? Confident isn't something that we have. It is something that we create. And I promise when you push yourself, you will always be surprised by what you are actually capable of. So take action now. Amen. Sarah Riley, Senior Mortgage Advisor, NMLS 180007, Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation, NMLS number 2289, is an equal housing lender. This is not an offer to enter into an agreement. Not all customers will qualify. Information rates and programs are subject to change without notice. All products are subject to credit and property approval. This show is brought to you by the Riley Home Team with Fairway Independent Mortgage Corporation. For those of you who don't know, I run a successful mortgage business and have had the privilege of helping thousands of families finance their dream home. It is so crucial to have the right team assisting you, not only so you have a great experience, but more importantly, that you're making a sound investment that reaches your long-term financial goals. We have become one of the top mortgage teams in the Northwest by providing the highest levels of knowledge, expertise, and service in the industry. I always say you only know what you know, and because we've done it all, we know a lot. If you want to talk to anybody about financing, I'm your woman. You can find out more about my mortgage business at RileyHomeTeam.com.